College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? It's me, Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. And there's so much news as we uh, wrap up this week, head into the weekend. Listen to this. Uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was shot and pronounced dead later at a hospital after heart failure. And interestingly enough, I've been um, doing some double duty hosting a nationally syndicated show at night for uh, Jim Bohannon, who's out right now. And I had as my guest the ambassador to the Vatican, or excuse me, the Holy See, former ambassador Francis Rooney. And we were having a conversation about an unrelated matter on the air when this news broke on Thursday night at around 11 or 11.15 p.m. And I have an audio of it, so listen to this. In some breaking news, uh, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been rushed to the hospital after a possible shooting. This is according to the uh, NHK service. A uh, quick headline here. Former Japanese Prime Minister is um, uh, apparently alive, but he's been shot and he was bleeding. So as reports come out on that, we'll keep you updated. Again, our guest, Ambassador Francis Rooney, former ambassador to the Holy See. Mr. Ambassador, any thoughts on Prime Minister Abe? Was he a colleague of yours when you yeah, were in service? Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts. I mean, first of all, that Prime Minister Abe was a very strong uh, supporter of the United States and the Japan-United States relationship. And that anyone would hurt him kind of scares me a little bit in terms of why they would do that, because he's a very pro-U.S. guy. And the other thing I would say is, you know, Japan doesn't have a culture of violence. Remember when the... uh, uh, reactor melted down on the coast there of uh, Japan when they had the tsunami. Oh, yes. Uh, There was no violence. There was no looting. There was no nothing. Japan is a very uh, tranquil country. So for this to happen in Japan really says a lot about the kind of unsettled nature that we're seeing of things around the world. All right, that's that. I'm back now. Now, this is uh, sad, obviously. It's terrible to hear. But this is causing speculation. A lot of people are saying, I wonder why. I wonder what happened. What is going on? What is the uh, impetus for killing this prime minister? I don't have all the answers to that, but I do know that some are saying it's because of his support of Taiwan, recognizing Taiwan as its own nation, uh, kind of pushing back on China. So that may have something to do with it. Others are saying that he was very friendly towards uh, the United States, in particular during the Trump administration, and that may have something to do with it. I don't know. I don't have the answers. As more comes out, we'll let you know. But speaking of shooting, the mayor of Philadelphia, 
Mayor Kenny. He's got some things to say that I think are just fascinating. He almost puts it out there like saying, look, I'm not going to run again or I might even quit. But not before he had something to say about guns and gun control following a very uh, bloody Fourth of July. Listen to this. If I had the ability to take care of guns, I would. But the legislature won't let us. The U.S. Congress won't let us. Um, the governor does the best that he can. Our attorney general does the best that he can. But this is a gun country. It's crazy. It's actually called the Constitution, Mayor Kenny. You should try reading it sometimes. Go ahead. We're the most armed country in the world history. Thank God for that. That's how we're able to maintain our sovereignty and power for the people. We the people. He must have missed that section of the uh, Constitution or his civics course. Go ahead. And we're one of the least safest. So lies. We're not the least safest. An armed society is a polite society. Go right ahead. You know, until Americans decide that they want to give up the guns and give up the opportunity to get guns, we're going to have this problem. What we need to do is figure out when Philadelphians will decide that they need to get rid of their mayor problem and get rid of Mayor Kenny. Now, interestingly enough, this might be something that happens sooner rather than later. Listen to this. I am because I'm always I'm concerned every single day. There's no- Trust me, everybody in your city is concerned every day. Even people outside of your city across the country are concerned every single day with your 500 homicides. You've got to do better. Listen, not an event or a day where I don't lay on my back and lay, look at the ceiling and wonder, worry about stuff. So everything we have in the city uh, over the last seven years, I worry about. I don't enjoy Fourth of July. I don't enjoy the the. How could you enjoy the 4th of July? You're celebrating independence. You don't like independence. You like tyranny. This is the problem with so many of these uh, politicians. They've lost track of what America is and created an idea in their own minds of what they wish America really was. The Democratic National Convention, I didn't enjoy the... the, um, um, uh, I don't blame you on that one. The Democrat National Convention, I think a lot of people didn't enjoy that. Go ahead. NFL draft, I'm waiting for something bad to happen all the time. So it's... You don't have to wait too long if you're in charge, Mayor. I'll be happy when I'm not here. When so will we. I'm not mayor and I can enjoy some stuff. You're looking forward to not being mayor? Yeah. That's <laughs> a better fact. If I had- okay. Of course, that's exactly who you want as your mayor. Somebody that doesn't even want to be mayor. He'll be happy when he's not mayor. Now, I get it. Listen, he's saying there's a lot going on and, you know, I'll be happy when I don't have to deal with this anymore. But we have to keep in mind, there are things that are within his control. There are things that he can do to maximize the safety of the citizenry and minimize the bloodshed, but he chooses not to. The Democrats choose not to. That's why Philadelphia is in the dire straits that it's in. It's because of the Democrats and their policies, especially these these district attorneys that are off the deep end like Larry Krasner that won't prosecute the bad guys for doing bad things. And we've seen uh, similar happening in New York. And in a little bit, we're going to chat with a former New York prosecutor He's a constitutional lawyer, Amir Benno. We're going to have a lengthy conversation with him regarding this situation that's coming out of New York with respect to the bodega owner who defends himself and then gets charged with murder inside his own store after he was attacked there. But that's later on.
Right now, I want to switch gears, and I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with our strategic petroleum reserve. Now, by now, you've heard that earlier in the week, I think it was on Wednesday, it was uh, revealed that President Biden sold off a million barrels of oil, and this was sold off to a Chinese company that was wholly owned by the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party. And the one of the um, shell names of this company was a company that Hunter Biden is an investor in, at least according to the Chinese government's paperwork. Now, again, do I who do I trust more, the Chinese government or Hunter Biden? I don't know. It's a coin toss there. But when asked about it, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, now she's no circle back Pisaki, silent P, of course, but she um, blames the oil company and makes it seem like she's got nothing to do with it, like Joe Biden's got nothing to do with it. They really have to get their act together. Listen to this. I asked on Tuesday about the releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Um, Were there any conversations before uh, that release about making certain that uh, that oil, the the million barrels a day, uh, stayed domestic? I mean, was the administration aware that some of that oil could end up going overseas? So um, when it comes to um, the oil, it is something that uh, oil companies decide what, you know, we cannot control what oil companies do with their oil. Um, And so uh, I would ask, you should ask the oil companies about where they are sending the oil they purchase and why. That is not something that we can answer from here. The Department of Energy uh, can't dictate uh, what oil companies do with the oil uh, they purchase or where they ship it to sell. So she's blaming the gas companies and then they absolutely defend one's right to peaceful protest. But is it really peaceful when you're chasing Brett Kavanaugh right out of a D.C. steakhouse? And that's what happened to the justice. He was there having lunch or whatever and had to jump out the back door because protesters were intimidating and threatening and pretty sure they were going to hurt this guy. I don't think they just wanted to get in his face and, you know, let their spittle hit him on the nose. But of course, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she thinks that it's okay to protest at restaurants. You talked a little bit about privacy today. Does the president think it's appropriate for abortion rights protesters to intimidate Supreme Court justices when they're out to eat, like Brett Kavanaugh, who had to sneak out of a steakhouse last night? We have been pretty clear on this. The president has been very clear that we condemn uh, any intimidation uh, of uh, of judges in this in this specific uh, um, uh, question here, we have condemned that. We have signed. Uh, he has signed a piece of legislation making sure that they have the protection that they need. But you never and so said we, don't go to their houses. So as long as they're peaceful, would you say don't go to a restaurant that a Supreme Court justice is at? What I'm saying is we condemn any intimidation. Uh, when it comes to uh, judges, we've been the president has talked about this, and we have put out statements in so his name and many, that many okay times. If protesters know that a justice is out to eat at a restaurant, well, that, pro- that they can go and protest as long as they are what you consider peaceful, that's okay. Well, we have said that we want to see peaceful uh, protests. That's what we have said. We want to see the, pe- the protests be peaceful. But when it comes to intimidation, that is something that we have condemned. So where's the line? If these protesters can go to a justice's house and they can go to a restaurant, where is it that you don't think it's appropriate for a group of protesters when to go? I, I just laid out. You asked me about intimidation. We condemn intimidation. We condemn any violence. And we've been very clear. All right. Yeah, I gave you the full clip longer than I wanted. 
wanted it to be, but that is where they are. They're saying everything is peaceful. If they follow you to the bathroom, it's peaceful. If they follow you inside your house, well, hopefully it's peaceful. Now, obviously, they did not stop them from doing their protest outside of the home of Brett Kavanaugh's house. We do know that they arrested somebody and charged him with attempted murder for going outside of uh, Brett Kavanaugh's house. I I think that we have to be smart about this. You can't intimidate people and harass people and and they know that to be true peaceful protest is one thing this is why they typically have you take a permit uh, and do these things somebody's private business they're going to lose money because of this now i get it there's a first amendment issue here and we have to honor that but going inside and having people be forced to escape i think this goes beyond protest this this falls into a, an issue of safety uh, into what they call the the fighting words doctrine. And you, you can research the fighting words doctrine all you want. And uh, I think you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. But I want to talk about a few more things and we're going to run out of time. So I have to move on. The company that runs TikTok ByteDance, they've been spying on Americans. I've got an expert coming in to explain everything that's going on with that, why that should matter, why it does matter, and the implications to our national security. Plus, we're going to get our buddy Amir Benno to join the conversation. Plus, a wrap-up. I want to talk a little bit of a few crazy ideas that I have. And uh, I heard that Amazon Alexa is now going to use the voice of dead relatives. More to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, you're listening to 1210 WPHT. Lots of headlines, not the least of which is the uh, big story that we've been hearing about the last couple of days, and honestly, the last couple of weeks, with the Chinese Communist Party having the opportunity to see private data from American users of the social media app TikTok. Now, this was something that was brought to light a while ago, like I said, and uh, it was recently discussed by Senator Josh Hawley in a congressional hearing. Listen to this. Would you say that Apple and companies like them are compromising American interests and data security by storing 
uh, both the data itself in country in China as well as the encryption keys? So if I might, I'll make two points. Um, any company that is complying with China's cybersecurity laws are now making decisions that affect more than their bottom line. These decisions are now risking our own national security. Um, China imprisons and tortures and kills religious minorities and political dissidents, and it's using compliant companies to do this at scale. Um, now, operating according to the laws of a country where you do business is only rational to the degree that those laws are just. But let's remember that there were plenty of people who were just following the law in Nazi Germany, and that does not excuse them from the consequences of their actions. I'm really struck by what you just said, that, that uh, Beijing is using compliant companies to carry out repression at scale. Uh, that, is, uh, that, I think, really sums it up. Well, that about sums it up, and I want to get to the bottom of it. So I said, let me bring in a big tech expert, somebody who comments on this quite a bit. He's the co-founder of Agency Partner. It's a digital marketing firm. He's also the uh, CMO there, Chief Marketing Officer. Adam Raziri, welcome to the program. Hey, Rich. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. You bet, brother. So let's get to the bottom of this. I know President Trump, he said, you know what, we're not having this. We don't want the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, having access to American user data. We're going to ban the app from operating in the United States. And there was some sort of workaround that they came up with in the interim. But Biden comes in and rescinds the executive order. And here we are. Did I go too fast? Fill in the blanks. <laughs> Shocker, right? Shocker, indeed. The fact that when a when a governmental power like the Chinese Communist Party has access to a social media platform such as TikTok or, you know, there's obviously Facebook and that mix too, that's an American company. But when a government has access to the kind of data that marketers typically use to make money, the, the currency that the, that the government is trying to get after really is power, right? And so that's why when Donald Trump was in office, he was really strongly trying to push TikTok out of the country. He was basically trying to do what India did for concerns specific to national security. Hey guys, just like Ted Cruz said, we think TikTok might be a Trojan horse that will be used to conduct widespread data espionage on an entire nation, about a billion users right now. And you know, what can happen then when basically an algorithm has been weaponized, I would say a military grade algorithm has been weaponized to control really our thoughts, our attention, our engagement. Um, but that all comes after they've used really, really sophisticated machine learning to understand what it is that, that really does make each individual American citizen and American user be compelled to do certain things, to take certain actions. The thing that we've seen from TikTok really, and, and it's not so much a thing that we've seen, but it's, it's things that we've heard. It's been a lot of promises, a lot of, a lot of statements saying, you know what, we promise we're not going to track the private user data of, of Americans. We promise that, that officials in Beijing, in the, as part of the, the Chinese Communist Party, will not be accessing, you know, little Jimmy's private information or, or you know, the private information of, of our troops who happen to use TikTok. We, we, we swear we won't do it. Uh, they told us that they would be, you know, they would for sure only keep this data on servers located in the United States or in Singapore. But lo and behold, lo and behold, the truth always comes out, right? What's, 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 what's covered up with darkness always hits light. And what we've come to find out is from leaked internal audio from over 80 meetings at TikTok HQ. In fact, Chinese Communist Party officials have had access, direct access to private, not public American user data. And Rich, the kind of data I'm talking about here is, 
it's it's really scary. I'm talking not just about app usage data, not just the the dance moves or the the cat videos that people are engaging mm-hmm. with, but I'm talking about specific data like your geolocation history, where you are now, where you were yesterday, your pattern of behavior, where you go on Mondays at 7 p.m., uh, your 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 actual like biometric data, which is like your face print. Uh, and even even data called voice prints, which is unique. it's kind of like a like a thumbprint, but it's your voice, right? And it understands, you know, that th- this voice belongs to this particular user. Super super private stuff. And oh, by the way, they're not discriminating based on age too, right? They're collecting child data too. And we've had a, we've had enough mm. problems with American big tech companies collecting child data to earn a buck. But but what happens when the Chinese Communist Party is collecting our ch- our children's data, right? Like what could go wrong? Oh, you know what? Let's just indoctrinate them and welcome them to the to the grips of communism. I mean, it's it, it, it's really shocking what's going on here. And you know we've seen the FCC commissioner Brendan Carr try and really just urge Google and Apple to invite TikTok to exit the App Store, but the problem there is that TikTok's tentacles are so far intertwined into our system that as a company, they've already paid over $200 million in App Store fees to Google and Apple, so, you know, there's a strong financial incentive for American big tech to kind of hold on to TikTok for a little while longer, just dollars and cents, right? But then also, TikTok's a big employer now. They have offices and they have American employees, so you know, they're so far into our system right now. It, it, it's, it's a problem. It's a real problem. So this is a big deal. And we're on with Adam Rosieri because he's the co-founder of, uh, excuse me, at Agency Partner, the chief marketing officer there, has a tremendous understanding of this, as you've seen if you tuned in in the first segment. And this presents a problem. And it's actually one of the few social media that I'm not on is TikTok because I just always had a little bit of a of a, a leeriness toward it, but I want to get to your calls. We've got Chad calling in from Florida. Welcome, Chad. You're on with Adam Raziri and Rich Valdez. Welcome. Um, I'll, I'll try to be brief, but uh, what I wanted to say was uh, uh, related to the security of uh, the country and our citizens and our data is most importantly is not just our civilians, but it's the people who are in very um, high level of government power and I'm, I wouldn't imagine that they would be using TikTok, but I guarantee you that their children are. So pretty much every single um, high-level governmental uh, individual, male or female, their children are most likely, their children are using TikTok on a regular basis. Because it is a good app and it is entertaining, but that's one of the largest security breaches in American history. And so, yeah, I mean... So, Chad, just to get your point right, I want to make sure I'm following what you're saying, is that you're saying because the the children of certain people in the government might have it, that that in and of itself is somehow a threat? Yeah, exactly, because as you were saying, the app has the, the ability to track all of your whereabouts. It knows your address, where you've been. And those, a lot of those government people, um, you can look them up like on a base level. Okay, this is General So and So. This is you know Captain So and So. You can look up their names, you know, right. easily. Anyone can. Yeah, very but similar you know what to what we is. just saw, right, with the uh, Supreme Court, how they went to the private homes of the Supreme Court where their families were right. and whatnot, and that presented a security risk. All right, yeah, make a good point. Really? Uh, I totally get it, Adam. Go right ahead. Yeah, really, really interesting comment there because when you think about. When you think about this, so already we've seen the national security agencies prohibit TikTok. The military branches have already prohibited TikTok from their devices as well. The entire country of India, I mean, for the same reason the national security prohibits TikTok. You make a good point. I mean, if you use TikTok and you identify who the children are, then you can kind of get a sort of a backdoor into the homes of our politicians, right? I mean, that's not a ridiculous and long stretch to make right there. 
And I think that kind of goes to, to what Senator Cruz was saying about TikTok being really a Trojan horse. Yeah. So let's unpack that a little bit, because I think a lot of people listening are thinking, ah, listen, I don't use TikTok. What's the matter with everything, you know, with TikTok? And again, I, I'm also not on TikTok. Um, I, you know, as, as a business owner, as a guy who runs a digital agency, I do have people that are on TikTok and that do help businesses kind of navigate the, the muddy waters of TikTok. But, you know, it's, it's not something that I personally agree with for a lot of reasons. And, and honestly, I, I think our regulators are still trying to figure out, like, how to really do this and, you know, ha- have mercy on all of us. The, the fact is, is that we have to rely on the commer- on Biden's Commerce Department to basically kind of lay down rules for how foreign adversaries will use apps within our country. And, and even TikTok's national security attorney is expecting something to come down from the Commerce Department within the next 18 months or so. But, you know, is Beijing Biden just going to give us something that's super watered down and, and super favorable to China when it comes to the apps that they own? Um, I think that's kind of what we have to expect. So, you yeah. know, when it comes to, to personal choices that we can make, I mean, shoot, Rich, people like you and I are like, you know what, we're actually just not going to use TikTok. But I got to tell you, a lot of Americans are using TikTok, like, extremely. I mean, the I don't think it's TikTok going anywhere. Is, and yeah. it seems like they tried to ban it, and it didn't go anywhere either. Exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy. So as users, we have to make our own decisions and kind of shoot from the hip using our own values as kind of, like, really just determining how we're going to, to choose to do business and how we're going to make decisions mm-hmm. about how we spend our time. Now, off let me ask you a question with a minute to go. What's going on with Twitter? Is Elon Musk going to buy Twitter? I hear they accepted the offer, but I haven't heard much else about it. What do you know? Twitter thinks that they are way more valuable than they really are. You know, Elon Musk is, is a little too smart for them. He's realized that, uh, you know, Twitter has, they say, 229 million users versus TikTok's billion users. And, you know, if, if, two, if 20% of those 229 million users are just bot accounts, then, you know, Elon's not getting what, he, he's not getting what was advertised. So I think I give it 60-40 chance, 60% chance Elon buys it. But if he does buy, you know, it, it can't be for $44 billion. I give it $13.5 billion as a valuation. This is a company that lost $200 million last year in operation. Wow. It's a good thing you're not the CMO over there. That would suck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, folks. We're on with Adam Razzari. He's the uh, co-founder at Agency Partner. He's also the chief marketing officer there. And, uh, Adam, let everybody know uh, where they could follow you and uh, find the work that you're doing. Yeah, find my rants on on Twitter, at the Adam Riz, go figure, as long as they'll keep me. And then uh, online, find my company at agencypartner.com. All right, check them out. Thank you, Adam Riz. Check them out on Twitter. Check out Agency Partner and Straight Ahead. Uh, constitutional attorney Amir Benno joins us to break down what's going on with this case in New York. Don't miss it. It's Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. 
All right, America, welcome back. And a couple of headlines right now. We've got Biden. He's facing some rebellion from within his own party because of the economy and other issues. Uh, Texas Governor Abbott has authorized the National Guard to apprehend some illegal aliens and return them back to the border. Hunter Biden has filmed himself smoking crack at a wellness center. And that's uh, from video that's been released. And half of likely voters are not very confident in the next election. And there's more to come. We'll get to more headlines as we move on. But there's a headline coming out of New York, to me, is a travesty of justice. A bodega owner or bodega worker is being reported both ways. A guy named Jose Alba, he's in his 50s. He was attacked. And it's uh, and we have a news report on it, so maybe I will l- listen to the news report and then get into that with our guest. Listen to this. A New York City bodega clerk is locked up in Rikers and charged with murder after he was forced to grab a knife and fend off a violent ex-con who assaulted him first. You see the career criminal Austin Simon storm behind the counter and violently shove the clerk, Jose Alba, a grandfather, to the floor. He gets up, he's grabbed again. That's when Alba grabs a knife and stabs and kills Austin. And now Alba is behind bars. His bail is set at a quarter of a million dollars. While violent criminals are released without any bail at all, courtesy of far-left Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. The New York Post calling it justice gone mad, insisting that self-defense isn't a crime, and writing in an op-ed that Bragg has turned this city upside down and it's time for him to go. All right. So again, an update on that uh, story from Fox News is that they lowered Mr. Alba's bail to $50,000. But I don't want you to wait any longer because I know somebody who knows a lot about this stuff. He's a former prosecutor in New York City and he's a constitutional lawyer. Uh, You see him on TV all the time. Amir Benno. He's fantastic. Amir Benno, welcome to the program. Ridge, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. You bet, my brother. I always appreciate your analysis. You're a smart guy. You seem to know what's going on. And, and I love to hear your insight because you, you tell it like it is. So let me just frame this in saying I saw this on not on TikTok, but I saw it on Instagram. And I saw the uh, I think it was WSKQ. And they were reporting that this was a, a, an argument that started over a bag of potato chips and a woman that tried to pay for the potato chips with a debit card and it didn't go through. And he told her just come back with cash or something like that. She said, Oh, why don't you just let me take something like that to that effect? Again, it's some sort of, he said, she said, I'm not even sure how accurate that is, but this is what I saw in the report. And she comes and she says, I'm coming back with my boyfriend and he's going to, you know, set you straight. And the guy comes back and apparently they did have some, uh, some previous in- engagements where that weren't pleasant. He hops around the counter, grabs the guy by the neck. The guy grabs a knife that he had behind the counter. Once the guy, you know, had hopped the counter, stabs him, the guy's dead. And now they charge him with murder. I don't know if I got it right. You let me know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think she tried to use uh, food stamps to buy these uh these chips and the, the the card she was using wasn't processing. So, like you said, she got pretty uh, mm-hmm. incensed about it. Uh, she took her kid. They left. They returned uh, with uh, her, the baby's father. And uh, I guess uh, at that point, what you described is what happened. You went behind the counter. Uh, they got really physical. If you watch the video, you see, uh, I mean, the age, by the way, of this guy, Jose Alba, is 61. He's a grandfather. Um, and... The other guy, the assailant, is uh, 35 years old. He's got a pretty colorful history, uh, including a 2016 
stint in state prison for assaulting a police officer, uh, some other violent felonies uh, in his background. He goes around uh, and really just uh, throws this guy, body checks him against the wall into a chair. Uh, and, you know, he's in that area where the cash register is, and it's a very tight quarters. It's it's just uh, the proprietor of the store, this Jose Alba, and, and this assailant, uh, Austin Simon. And uh, as the assailant is starting to gra- wrestle with him and grab him, uh, that's, like you said, what happened. Jose Alba grabbed the knife and uh, defended himself, as anybody would in those circumstances. And here you get Alvin Bragg, who, for those who may not know, is uh, a very left-wing district attorney in Manhattan, uh, a Soros-funded prosecutor, much like uh, Larry Krasner in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. or uh, George Gascon in L.A. or former DA in San Francisco, Chase Boudin, Kimberly Fox in Chicago. You name it, the list goes on. Um, And here's a guy who... Uh, really, he's really a champion of the defund the police movement. He's a champion of the uh, non-incarceratory sentences, no cash bail, uh, no prosecution for violent offenses, uh, downgrading everything uh, to low-level misdemeanors and violations. Uh, and here he is taking a, a, a grandfather who is defending himself legitimately and seeking not just bail, but astronomically high bail. I mean, the type of bail where it's impossible to make half a million dollars uh, for this guy and uh, sending him off to Rikers. Uh, and fortunately, uh, some in the media like yourself are picking up on this story and running with it and uh, informing the public uh, about this real miscarriage of justice. Now, this is a I think this is a very serious thing. And the reason I do is because I look at this and again, and maybe I'm partial to this. You know, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. My dad um, was, um, I don't know, a bouncer, if you want to say, for a, a, a I'm sure it was illegal. They had Joker poker machines in the back of a bodega where we grew up in Brooklyn. And he was like the muscle there. And I so I grew up going to this bodega all the time. And, and the guy there, he would always let me take candy. And he kept a gun behind the counter. And, and I think a lot of bodegueros, they, they, they keep something behind the counter because getting robbed is part and parcel of staying open late in, in rough neighborhoods. And, and I, I have to think, if somebody came into my house or my place of business and did what I saw in that video... How is it that I'm not within my rights to defend myself when it looked like this guy was going to kill him? And and how does he end up getting arrested for this? And um, thank God they lowered the bail. But how do you even get arrested for it if it was in your house? He didn't go outside to to this gentleman's home and, and attack that man. That man came to him behind the counter. Yeah, well, I mean, you're asking for a rational uh, response to it. This DA is not rational. And, uh, you know, essentially the left has tried to eliminate the right to self-defense at all, uh, especially if the attacker is, uh, you know, a a member of a favored or protected group. I mean, look at the McCloskeys in St. Louis who stood outside of their house uh, and they were prosecuted. Look at Kyle Rittenhouse, what he was put through. Look at George Zimmerman, what he was put through. I mean, it happens again and again and again. And here's somebody, like you said, proprietors of businesses, uh, especially in areas that are high crime areas, uh, have, I mean, customers should expect that they have some weapon behind there. And so, I mean, if you're asking for a legal analysis, I don't think there is a legitimate legal analysis for this, except to say in New York, there is a duty to retreat. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't you can't stand your ground unless you're in your home. And so if this is, uh, you know, your, your business, the premises, 
doesn't count as that. And so possibly uh, in the demented mind of this DA, uh, he felt at these very close quarters, there was some ability for Mr. Alba to retreat and not use deadly force against this person who is uh, bigger than him, stronger than him, uh, half his age, and had already uh, expressed his intention to uh, work violence on him. So I don't know what was going through his head, except for the fact that he doesn't want people to, to have weapons and defend themselves, uh, whether those weapons are, are guns, whether those weapons are knives. Uh, I mean, the left wants to disarm us. This is very troubling, and I want to continue to unpack it. And again, I know you know more about this than I do, having worked in the same office, that not while he was there, but you worked in that office. This this is a, right. a legitimate concern to me. Folks, it's Amir Benno. He's a constitutional lawyer and a former prosecutor from New York City. We're talking about this case of the bodega owner who uh, defended himself, stabbed somebody, and ended up getting locked up for it. Now, it gets worse. Not only did they lock him up, but he started uh, somebody started a GoFundMe account for his legal defense. And within hours, GoFundMe shut the whole thing down so he wouldn't get the money. So we're going to get into that. But something that uh, counselor said right before we went to the break was that uh, those that, you know, are adherents to the, the left wing politics of the day really want to see us be disarmed. And this is something that I think the, the mayor from this recent shooting she just mentioned that today, and I think it's worthy of listening to. Listen to this. Every single time we've heard about a mass shooting, it seems it's always uh, prefaced by, and it was legally acquired, you know, the weapon was legally acquired. To me, that says that we've been failing to pass appropriate laws for years and years and years since, I don't know when, Sandy Hook. So let's talk about we as a city passed our assault weapons ban in the wake of Sandy Hook because we felt we needed to make that statement. And the state of Illinois gave us a, very small window in which to pass that law. And so we did. Um, that window has shut. But let's be clear, it needs to be a national ban. There's nothing to stop anybody from going to Missouri or Indiana. Those are close enough places picking up whatever they want and coming back into Illinois. So there can't be a patchwork. There can't be a patchwork. So this is another example of a left-leaning politician saying, look, you shouldn't have guns. And we have another example of, of thugs, repeated thugs, recidivists coming in, trying to rob somebody in their place of business. I'm really, I'm so behind, beside myself with this because although these things happen pretty regularly and we talked about a similar story where the guy went in to rob somebody and the store clerk shot them dead. And, and then the family said, who brings a gun to work? How dare you? And they were so offended by it. Uh, I think this is another story, but this one doesn't nearly have any, uh, any element of, of humor to it. Not that that one did, but again, it was funny the way the family reacted. It just really is difficult to fathom here. Amir Benno, what do you think of this and what do you make of this cancellation of his GoFundMe? Well, I'm not surprised because remember, they did the same thing for Kyle Rittenhouse. They did the same mm -hmm. thing. Uh, for the Baltimore police officers who were charged in the death of Freddie Gray, if you remember back to that. Recently, oh, they yeah. did the same thing. Uh, it didn't have to do with, with guns, but the Canadian Freedom, Freedom, uh, Freedom Convoy, that, the, the trucks that were coming down, uh, they canceled that GoFundMe as well. So anybody who subscribes to any view that's viewed as uh, conservative or right-wing um, or right-leaning uh, is going to get canceled. Meanwhile, somebody like Jussie Smollett, uh, they were able to raise... $5 million for Jesse Smollett on GoFundMe. So, uh, you know, the, this is just another one of these, uh, I, I wouldn't say GoFundMe's big tech, but these these platforms 
that exist that are are just supercharged uh, with left leaning politics, and uh, it's part of really the virus of um, of left leftism that's 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 corrupting them, and so that's that's part of what's going on here. Um, one thing I'll just point out because he played that clip of the mayor saying, mm-hmm. you know, we need more gun control. The, the same thing in New York, uh, just bringing it back home to New York State with. Uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, who, uh, in the wake of the Supreme Court's ruling uh, on the Second Amendment, saying that people have a Second Amendment right to defend themselves outside of their home and to carry a weapon to do so, uh, she, in conjunction with the the New York State Legislature, which is really one party, uh, it's just the Democrats, uh, they they. They passed a law that, that essentially declared all of New York State to be what's known as a sensitive area. It's always been the case that the government can regulate uh, your ability to carry guns in sensitive areas like government buildings and hospitals and houses of worship and things like that. But she's gone so far now to say a public sidewalk or Times Square. These are all sensitive areas. So she's taken the exception and she's made it the rule. And so essentially she's she's eliminating uh, New York people who reside in New York, their ability to defend themselves or to carry their Second Amendment right, carry their weapons. Uh, so, you know, this is not just something that happens in Highland Park. This is something that, you know, the culture of the left mm-hmm. in New York, whether it is Alvin Bragg at the, at the DA in Manhattan or whether it's the governor in New York State, they are taking whatever steps they can uh, to eliminate our ability uh, to bear arms. You know, uh, Amir Benno, uh, my my question here that comes, do you, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, but your understanding of this, and and if you had to guess, does she get away with this, saying that you can't carry on a public sidewalk because that's a sensitive area? No, no. I mean, and there's so many different challenges. I mean, for instance, one of the, the problems that the Supreme Court had with the prior regimen in New York was that it was so subjective. There was just some bureaucrat in a police department who is going to decide uh, whether or not you demonstrated a, a showing that really persuaded him or her that you uh, were entitled to carry a gun, something that went beyond self-defense. And the Supreme Court said, no dice. It's not a subjective test. It's an objective test. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, what did the state do? What does Kathy Hochul sign off on? She says, well, you still have to prove that you are of good moral character. How do you do that objectively? That's a, I mean, that's a subjective test if I ever heard one, and she doesn't define what that means. So ultimately, she took the ruling from the Supreme Court, and in addition to expanding sensitive places, like I just said, she just readopted the, the same vice that the Supreme Court had said was the reason they were striking down the law in the first place. So, um, no, it's not going to last, but it's going to have to be challenged. And she's probably figuring by the time it navigates to the legal system and gets challenged, maybe she'll just buy herself some more time. Right. The, the left doesn't care about the law. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about uh, natural rights. They, they only care about their own policy objectives. Matt in North Carolina wants to chime in on the conversation. You're on with uh, constitutional attorney Amir Benno and me, Rich Valdez. Welcome. Hello, Rich. How you doing? Good, thank you. I'd like to talk to Amir about that, how sad that is. The man defended his own life and charged with murder. It disgusts me. I mean, mm-hmm. I got more to say, but I got to make it hurt. I got to make it quick. My brother in New Jersey, he said, Matt, now you got to retreat to your house if someone breaks in. 
Not here in my radio studio in North Carolina, sir. <laughs> no, no, no. That doesn't work. No, no. What is Amir's opinion? All right. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Yeah, Amir. So, again, I guess it's a state-by-state -state thing on stand your ground versus retreat scenarios, because I know New Jersey has a retreat scenario as well. Yep, that's right. It's a state-by-state -state thing. And like I said, we've got one party government here in New York, and we know which party that is. And so they don't have a stand your ground um, unless you're in your own home. You know, what they need, what you need for, for self-defense is you need to be able to show one that you're innocent, meaning you didn't provoke the attack that if you look at the video it was pretty clear. He didn't provoke this. This guy went right. behind the counter. Second, you have to show that the, uh, the assailant, the attack on you is imminent, immediate, which it was. Then you have to show that the, the use of force, uh, that you exercise is proportional to the use of force that the assailant is, 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 uh, bringing to you. Um, and, you know, that's a case-by-case -case analysis. But here, like I said, you, you've got somebody who's half the age of this, this older gentleman, uh, and he's clearly been violent with him, and he's, he's wrestling with this guy. He's, he's not going to let up. So I think it was a very reasonable uh, response for him to think that he was going to, uh, you know, suffer death or serious bodily injury if, if he didn't do something. So, uh, and then the final thing is, is avoidance, it's, and that is a state-by-state. So... You know, you either have to retreat or you don't, depending on your state. And frankly, the policy is terrible. You should be able to stand your ground. Where are you going to go in, in your business? You're going to run out of the door and, and run to your home uh, and just abandon everything. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but, you know, as with many things on the left, they don't make sense. Yep, folks, Amir Benno, he's a civil rights and constitutional lawyer. He's the founder and principal of Benno and Associates in New York. He does appellate work. And he graduated from Cornell. He's all over the place. Catch him on Newsmax TV and catch him right here because we're inviting him back and he better come. <laughs> Amir Benno, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es América. Ahora. All right, everybody, welcome back. Wrapping it up here. Not a lot of time to go, but wanted to thank you for all the positive reviews and for subscribing to the podcast. That's always a huge hit for me. And uh, for putting up with uh, all of the... Um, messages and announcements and all the things that we have to do in this business. We appreciate it. Without you listening to the ads, there is no free show. So thank you for that. Now, I wanted to uh, wrap up with a story about Amazon Alexa, but instead I'm going to have to tease it because we're not going to have a ton of time to really delve into it. But apparently Amazon has unveiled this new feature that the Alexa smart speaker will be able to record or upload the voice of a departed family member that's dead now. And you can use that for narration and have that be the voice of Alexa. And you could ask them to use your old grandmother's voice to read you a story, one of your audiobooks. I found this to be fascinating. And normally I wouldn't subscribe to this type of thing, but I, I could see how that could be a comfort of life where, you know, I, I just thought for myself, my mom used to always give me Bible refrains, Bible verses, you know, just, and I was always like, yeah, yeah, whatever, lady, thanks. <laughs> and I think to myself, well, you know what? That might possibly be a way for me to hear those things again. And I don't know if I would find it creepy or not, but the jury's still out. 
Anyway, you got to stand for something, because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So America needs you now more than she's ever needed you. Your time to be an activist is now. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 